It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Julian Council. I'm your host, as always, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council so you can participate in days like today. It is yet again Friday, meaning we have our weekly Friday mailbag here, part of the Locked On Panthers podcast. So get in those questions for next week as next week is week one. It's game week. We have finally made it. We are here for the holiday weekend heading into Labor Day weekend, but following that, we will finally have real football to talk about. Yeah, we had the preseason, we had training camp, and it actually got some daily reports and all that kind of stuff. But man, I'm so ready for the 18 weeks that lie ahead with the Carolina Panthers in the 2021 season. I think this team has a chance to be pretty good. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be well improved from what they were last year. I'm excited about it, hoping that Sam Darnold can be the answer, and I'm really excited about this defense and all that they can achieve here coming into the 2021 season. So we'll get to your Friday mailbag questions here on the podcast shortly. But first, I want to let you guys know that the NFL season, as you already know, is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from so you can tune in. All right, it's that time again. Let's go ahead and get right into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers and starting off with Blake. I addressed this actually earlier this week when Cam Newton was shockingly cut on Tuesday by the New England Patriots in favor of Mac Jones, the first round pick out of Alabama, the Heisman Trophy finalist and national champion. And of course, he was always going to be the eventual franchise quarterback for New England Patriots. Bill Belichick had said throughout training camp and throughout the offseason that Cam was going to be their starting quarterback. Cam started all three of the preseason games. But at the end of the day, he decided to go with Mac Jones, the rookie out of Alabama, and Cam is no longer a Patriot and no longer with a team currently in a National Football League. Blake asked me, though, do you think we should sign Newton now that he was released? He's a veteran quarterback and can help develop Darnold and Walker. Oh, man. Um, So like I said the other day, Cam Newton, the common misconception about him is that Cam Newton is a me-first guy and he is selfish and a bad teammate. Anyone who has ever played with him will tell you that is that could not be further than the truth. Now, maybe if you talk to Kelvin Benjamin, he might tell you something different considering that they had their fallout for whatever the hell happened there. But Cam is a guy who's not selfish. He's a guy who will root on his teammates. You think back to when he was injured at the end of that 20. 20- 18 season and how he was out there rooting for Taylor Heineke and that start against the Falcons. And when you looked at the 2019 season 
when he was injured and out for the season after the first two weeks and Kyle Allen was a starter and how he continually said that he was all about Kyle Allen and rooting for him and trying to help him out in every way possible. That's what Cam Newton did. And I know folks are like, well, where's why, why is Cam? Why is he not at the games and all that kind of stuff? Throughout the week, you're not seeing the hours of preparation that Cam Newton is helping Kyle Allen with so the team can be successful. So yes, yeah, certainly... I think Cam Newton, if he is willing to accept a backup role somewhere, could be a valuable veteran presence. He still believes that there's not 32 quarterbacks better than him in the National Football League. I tend to agree with him, even though his skills have obviously diminished significantly since the beginning of that 2018 season where the Panthers were 6-2 and two, and there was talks of Cam potentially being an MVP candidate and this team maybe being a Super Bowl contender. We all know it was downhill from there and the Panthers have yet to recover from the second half of that 2018 season as they're now starting year two under Matt Rule. But as far as Cam Newton having a reunion with the Carolina Panthers and being the backup to help develop Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker, that's not going to happen. He's not here to do that. No. And the Panthers, if they wanted Cam, they would have kept him last year and paid him the $19 million that he was guaranteed instead of signing Teddy to a contract that made no damn sense from the minute that they signed it and the minute it was announced. I don't care what Teddy's relationship was with Joe Brady and all that kind of stuff. Teddy Bridgewater, I like Teddy. Everyone should like who the man is. Quarterback, as a, as a player, you got to have a ton around him to have success. As you saw in Minneapolis the, with the uh, with the Vikings, what you saw those five weeks he started with the Saints. But here, last year in Carolina, you saw when he doesn't have a lot around him, he's just really not that great of a player. I think he'll be a lot better in Denver, but we'll see how things play out there, but really not of our concern. No, Cam Newton as a veteran quarterback is not going to come here to Carolina and help develop Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker. If they wanted him in Carolina, they would never let him go. And Cam also said that the Panthers were intimidated by him. So you think they're going to bring that supposed intimidating presence back into this locker room to then groom Sam Darnold for the organization where Cam is arguably the greatest player in Panthers history and not even with a question, uh, he is without question. He is the greatest quarterback this franchise has ever seen, and the only franchise quarterback the Panthers have truly ever had. No, Cam Newton coming back to Carolina is not going to happen until he is put up into the Ring of Honor at the end of his career. Brody asked me, "Would you sign Cam again?" Another Cam question. Now, would you sign Cam again as a flex player like Taysom Hill and a backup to Sam? We know Cam Newton would be better than PJ. He would have to agree to a cheap contract again. Like it's not going to happen. And Cam is a come on. As a Taysom Hill type, Cam is a quarterback. This is a former MVP. He's not a gadget player. That's not. That's just so disrespectful to Cam Newton uh, to even like ask him like, "Hey, you think you can play a Taysom Hill role?" They tried to do that with Tommy Stevens, a kid out of Penn State, and who will finish his career at Mississippi State, and who the Saints and Panthers are both keen on trying to bring in. They brought him in last year, and you know he's not on the roster anymore. I don't think that they want to do that whole charade here in Carolina. And I hate that New Orleans does it especially when they had a Hall of Famer in Drew Brees. Drew Brees, fantastic Hall of Fame quarterback. And then you have Taysom Hill, you're going to give the football to, and you're going to ruin all your offensive momentum. No. So Cam Newton coming back to Carolina, end of story, not going to happen, unless it does, which would be shocking. Far more shocking than him getting cut by the New England Patriots. Uh, Lightsaber Radio, that's his name on Twitter, said, Hey, Julian, hope you're well. I am well, thank you. Question for the Friday Mailbag. With the Schefter bomb that dropped today from New England, combined with the release of Greer, and these are all Cam questions, by the way, guys. Do you think we bring back Cam as a backup or right as Ego can take it? No. 
I do not believe that. I think he could be a good pairing if he can swallow his pride, as we would have the backup the most NFL experience. Downside is the injury history. Your thoughts? Thanks, man. Keep pounding. Yes, keep pounding to you. But again, I just want to get all the cam questions out of the way. I I addressed this earlier in the week, but like, no. Can he swallow his ego? Like his ego. Like everyone has an ego. Every single person, even the most reserved introvert out there has an ego. Cam Newton is not going to sit here at this point in time and come back a year after, it's a year and a half really, after getting cut by this team and be the backup quarterback to Sam Darnold. It's just it's just not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> this is Darnold's show. There's no reason to give Darnold any impression that you have someone in here who could potentially replace him down the road if he does not play well. They've given him all the reasons to feel comfortable with the weapons that they've drafted and re-signed and extended and the offensive lineman. Hopefully that will be better this year. And with Joe Brady, just there's no reason to try and interrupt that. I don't know where Cam goes. I have a hard time. Well, he's not going to get signed anywhere until he gets vaccinated. So that's one of the variables. And I don't think the Panthers are going to bring in an unvaccinated player when they have 67 and 69 guys that are vaccinated. There's no point in doing that, particularly the quarterback room. And I brought up the scenario the other day with New England. And they're going to bring back Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. He's someone who can be brought back later on after he's um, over his injury. But in terms of that, like Mac Jones, say Mac Jones, who's vaccinated, gets a and the same thing with Sam Darnold. Like, say one of those guys were to get a breakthrough COVID nineteen case, Cam's going to be in that quarterback with room with them. He's going to be a close contact, and he's going to be out for five days, and then you're going to be screwed. No, P.J. Walker, we saw what he did last year. I still don't think P.J. Walker is a high-level backup quarterback. He's still more of a developmental guy who gives you a little bit of a change of pace, which I think is cool. It's fun to watch. But when he played last year, he turned about through, what, four interceptions, two, all think all four of them in the red zone, two of them against the Lions, and then two against the Saints later on in that Week 17 game, like P.J., but P.J. Walker is not kind of who you want to be leaning on for long periods of time, say a situation like that played out. But again, Cam Newton will not be coming back to Carolina until they decide to honor him as one of the greats of all time here with the Carolina Panthers organization. All right, quick pause, and we'll answer more of your questions here on our weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Like here in America, Built Bar celebrates the freedom of choice. And you know they have so many delicious flavors that there's something for everyone. Some of the flavors include coconut, cherry barcia, Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You've heard all about these flavors. I tell you about them all the time. Built Bars are amazing. They're soft and easy to chew. They're covered in 100% chocolate. And here's a cool thing about Built Bar. Say you have a tough time trying to choose between orange and salted caramel and mint brownie. Well, you're in luck. You can get a mix box, which means you get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 Built Bars in one box. Built Bars are also Healthy. Not only are they great tasting, but they're healthy for you. Most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15, 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back to your questions. First, starting off here with Mark. Hey, Julian. Good Monday to you. Sent this to me on a Monday. Good Monday previously to you. Good Friday to you, Mark. And happy Friday, the Panthers Nation. Mark, what a swell guy. Wishing me a good Monday. Wishing you guys a good Friday. Love him. Okay, quick question for Friday Mailbag. Who, if anybody, were you surprised by when our beloved cats made their cutdowns? Thank you, as always, man, and have a great week. I had a great week, Mark, so thank you so much for your question. Um, as always, you are one of the guys who consistently sends in questions, so I appreciate you doing that. Um, in terms of surprises, I think the biggest surprise for me came the day after roster cutdowns when the Panthers decided to release David Moore, who they had signed to a two-year deal, presumably to be their number three wide receiver and their punt returner after he had a pretty good season last year in Seattle. Again, a Seahawks guy, Scott Fitterer, brought him over here, had a relationship with him. And if you look at the Seahawks guys, Lano Hill was cut during training camp. Uh, David Moore made the roster, then was waived and not re-signed to the practice squad. Steven Sullivan, who spent some time out with COVID at the start of training camp, he came back in a five tight end room. And you can maybe say four if you want to subtract Giovanni Ritchie, who's going to be uh, more of a fullback, but he can also play tight end, has that versatility for this team. And none of the Seahawks guys are even on the 53-man roster. And I think only one of them was Stephen Hill, who's signed to the practice squad, or even a part of the 69 here in Carolina. So you, you didn't see a ton of uh, that Seattle connection coming here to Carolina uh, in terms of Scott Fitter, the new general manager. But yeah, that that's ones that surprised me. Clearly, Terrace Marshall is the number three wide receiver here with the Carolina Panthers. I think that could obviously have played a role in um, them wanting to get rid of him and not feeling like they needed him. They put themselves in a bind, though, when it comes to punt returner. Matt Rule has said that C.J. Saunders, the former walk-on at the Ohio State University, who's like, it's interesting he made, he's even like on a practice squad in the NFL when you look at Ohio State, the kind of receivers that they churn out constantly. And then this dude who only had like 20 career receptions is somehow now a punt returning option for the Carolina Panthers. Kudos to him. For being able to work his way to this point to where he's on the, the practice squad and it potentially could be called up to the 53-man or at least the active roster on Sunday to be the designated punt returner. Good for him. Also makes me question the coaching staff scouting ability that like you're going to rely on a C.J. Saunders. He didn't really do anything at Ohio State to be your punt returner. Okay, D.J. Moore is also an option, but that's D.J. Moore mainly asking that he wants to be able to return punts to that in his rookie year. Had struggles with that, but I think he's a far more sure-handed receiver now than he was when he initially came into the league. And then Brandon Zilstra could be that option as well, but I don't see Brandon Zilstra really as much of a punt returner. So we'll see how that kind of works out. But that, that kind of did surprise me as in terms of just guys that were you know cut the day after. No, none of the cuts really were all that surprising. Maybe keeping five tight ends with Richie's versatility that Colin Thompson made the roster. If you listen to the podcast the other day, I didn't have him making the initial 53. But not many great surprises, considering it's still a very young team. There's not a ton of veterans on the Panthers roster. And I got questions from two Eric's back-to-back. First, Eric with a 
CK at the end says to me, for what Philly gave up to get Gardner Minshew, do you think we should have taken a shot in trading for him? I feel like he's been more proven in the league than Walker or Greer and also cause go pirates. Yes. Go pirates. Of course. Um, yeah. Philly has traditionally been a team that likes to have three quarterbacks. You go back to when Carson Wentz was there as their franchise quarterback. They had Nick Foles as the backup and then Nate Sudfeld. Then you go after Foles left to go to Jacksonville. They still had Wentz. They brought in Josh McCown, who ended up having to start that playoff or at least play the majority of the playoff game when Carson Wentz got knocked out by the Seahawks. Um, And then they had Nate Sudfeld as well. Now Sudfeld's gone. Wentz is gone. McCown's retired. Foles is now in Chicago. They have Jalen Hurts as the quarterback one. They have Joe Flacco, <laughs> elite quarterback who won a Super Bowl, of course, up with the Baltimore Ravens. And now Gardner Minshew. So they have options for that team if something were to go awry. Now, I don't think the Eagles are going to be any good anyway. So it's interesting that they have three, I would say, capable starters. Now, I don't know how good Joe Flacco is anymore. But I, I do like Gardner Minshew. Loved him. Back when he was at Washington State, yeah, he was at ECU for a period of time, but everyone knows him from that year they spent up there um, with Mike Leach and that awesome, fun offense they had at Wazoo and the Palouse that season. Yeah, I mean, the Panthers, I think they made it fairly clear that they like what they have in P.J. Walker as far as being a backup quarterback and a change of pace that he provides and that they're pretty much committed to Sam Darnold. Minshew hasn't been in the league that long. Sam Darnold's been in the league longer than Gardner Minshew, so I don't really know how much uh, guidance Gardner Minshew can provide to Sam Darnold that uh, he could get from, like, P.J. Walker, who's barely been in the league himself. I think he's actually been in the league longer than both of those guys from his time in Indianapolis being cut and and then brought back and cut and brought back throughout that season he spent in Indy. So, no, the the Minshew trade... If anything, it would have just made probably Sam Darnold feel like he could be threatened by a guy who started in this league and potentially take his spot. So no, I don't think that he should have made that uh, trade and good for Philly. I would want a veteran backup, but that arises. It does not look like that's ever going to happen for the Panthers, at least not this season. The other Eric, with just, you know, E-R-I-C, says, greatly appreciate the mailbags. You're welcome, Eric. Greatly appreciate you sending in your questions. He also goes on to say it's awesome to get a, a more informative view of the team than just from a fan standpoint. That's what I try to do here. Two-parter this week. Oh, two parts. Okay. Regardless of record this season, how do we evaluate Darnold fairly if we end up seeing consistent issues on the O-line? And then given Teddy Ridgewater's exit, if Darnold, Elfline, and Irving have poor performances, do we begin to question the ability of the Panthers management to evaluate free agency talent? Hmm, that's an interesting question. To, I'll start with the first one. Yeah, the O-line sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard to uh, evaluate Sam Darnold. I will say this, though. Last week, in that Steelers game, he was fantastic with the clean pocket. Back when he was with the Jets, he was terrible with the clean pocket. If his numbers with a clean pocket continue to look like they looked on Friday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers, granted against their twos, but still, he went out there and looked pretty solid in that game. If he looks good in the clean pocket, and he is highly rated when it comes to like pro football focus and the numbers are, are strong, then like that's how you can evaluate him. I'd also say too, like if you're under duress and he's able to still look comfortable in the pocket and not get the happy feet and not try to do too much and then that leads to turnovers, then you can evaluate that as a positive. Because here's the thing. You go back to that game on Friday when the pocket collapsed, one of the plays he was able to get out and pick up eight yards, which is a fantastic decision by Sam Darnold. 
I go back to the second preseason game where he barely played, what, seven snaps in, that, in the red zone, didn't have anything, threw the ball away. Making those kind of smart decisions, I like that from Sam Darnold. What I don't like and what could be negative is if he does what he did on Friday evening against the Steelers, which almost led to them either being a fumble or a intentional grounding or putting him out of field goal range. Sam Darnold, where he tried to, you know, run it, throw the ball away and all that kind of stuff. And Matt Rule had said, you can't be kind of doing that kind of stuff and trying to do too much. If he stays within himself and he stays in control of the offense and doesn't have these freak outs and turn the ball over because he's trying to get rid of the football, or he's just trying to do too much, then you can evaluate him that way. So yeah, the O-line can still be bad and you can evaluate Sam Darnold and see is how he handles the pressure and think that if he didn't have this kind of pressure, would he play better? Or if it's one of those things where he just cannot handle the pressure at all, and that compound he compounds the mistakes that are being made by the offensive line, then that's where you're going to be like, okay, maybe Sam Darnold is not the right guy. Now, as far as your question about evaluating the management's um, ability to evaluate free agency talent, you can already look at Rashawn Melvin, who they cut. He was on his ninth team anyway, so like I don't think the, I, I didn't expect anything from him at all. Boye. A lot of questions like what Boy is going to look like when he's been injured. hasn't really been around the team. And he immediately hasn't asked, him a, asked about him at all. So I don't know what's going on there in terms with him. You can also look at David Moore. Made the 53. Then they cut him. Uh, Denzel Perryman. They traded him. He spent 162 days, whatever it was, here with the Panthers. You go back to Teddy Bridgewater. There's already questions about free agent talent. And... The early returns, Elfline looks terrible. I don't expect Cam Irving to be any good. Yeah, I'm already asking those questions about their ability to evaluate free agency talent. You really mainly build through the draft, so I think that's how, kind of how you should really look at this team. And when you have, what, 17 of the 18 draft picks over the last two years on a 53-man roster, I think that's far more beneficial and a positive that the Panthers are just completely nailing free agency talent. Cause you see a lot of teams that spend a ton of money in free agency that doesn't always tend to lead to actual wins on the football field, being able to draft well in the early part of the draft in the first round, of course is important. And in the middle rounds where Marty Herney was terrible at doing that. If Scott Fitter is able to do that, and that's where we should kind of mainly focus our attention to when it comes to the Carolina Panthers as they're trying to build this roster more so than the free agent talent that they're bringing in. And they're bringing in some cost-effective guys and guys that they just want to fill a couple holes for. There hasn't been a marquee free agent signing so far. You can maybe say Hassan Reddick, but considering they're only paying him $6 million and potentially eight based off of incentives, they've yet to sign a marquee free agent. And you could say Teddy Bridgewater, but the the, the contract they signed him to is more of a uh, – the standard rate for a quarter, a starting quarterback in the National Football League than a marquee signing for the Panthers. So appreciate the question there, Eric. All right, another quick pause, and I'll answer the rest of your questions here on a Friday, on a weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means if you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose... 
Your wage will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, a couple more questions here on our weekly Friday mailbag, a part of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, make sure to get your questions in for me for next week's mailbag by tweeting at me, at Julian Council. You can either DM me or at me. Make sure to also follow me there on Twitter, at Julian Council. So go ahead and get your questions in. Appreciate everyone who participates, those of you who participate weekly and those that you participate every once in a while. Either way, I love the folks that are sending in questions and love all y'all for listening and supporting the show and just want to have a conversation with you guys throughout the season and throughout the offseason next year. Just having a lot of fun doing this, so please continue to send in your questions. Let's go ahead to Travis, who says, okay, so who's going to be our starting kicker week one? Also, our depth at Savvy worries me. Do you think it's a position of need? As far as kicker, it's Ryan Santoso. It's a conditional seventh-round pick that they gave to the New York Giants. So the condition is if he's on the roster week two, then the Giants get the pick. I thought maybe a guy like Jake Verity would be an option for the Panthers to try and sign or claim off of waivers. They did neither. He is signed to the Ravens practice squad. I'm sure some team eventually is going to try and bring him in. But right now he's a Baltimore Raven behind... Of course, the best kicker in the National Football League, Justin Tucker. So Ryan Santoso will be the starting kicker for the Panthers week one with the Jets. That will be another tryout week. If he fails, then the Panthers will try and find someone else afterwards. But right now, it's his job to lose, and hopefully things will work out. And we're, I'm having a conversation um, that's going to be coming out on Monday, more on Labor Day, with Joe Person, who covers the Panthers for The Athletic. And we actually had this conversation as he put out an article on Thursday of a Q&A with Santosa. You look at that 52-yarder that he made, and I'm, I'm going to give him a ton of credit for coming out here and not knowing any of his teammates, basically getting off the plane and making all five of his kicks against the Steelers in that final preseason game and clearly winning the job. The dude has a ton of confidence, and that's important when you're a kicker. I just wonder, like, if he misses that 52-yarder, because he clanked it in, so it's not like it was the most encouraging of make of all time he made it that's all that really matters I just wonder if he misses that then are people kind of a little bit more you know weary of how good of a kicker he can be I'm, I'm gonna wait and see but I think the Carolina Panthers right now they're gonna stick with him I also believe that they're kind of gonna wait and see in terms of whether he's actually gonna be their kicker throughout the rest of 2021 season or if this is gonna be a one-week tryout and they try and bring someone in afterwards as far as the safety depth that was a key concern I had back in like April and May leading up to the draft and even after the draft. But after watching the development over the last year of Sean Chandler and Sam Franklin, I feel pretty good about those guys. If they had to come in and for Jeremy Chin 
and Justin Burris. And really, they have to come in for Justin Burris. Jeremy Chin, if he goes down, I don't love the Justin Burris, Sam Franklin, or the Justin Burris, Sean Chandler combination back there at safety. But I do feel far more comfortable, especially with Chandler, who forced a couple turnovers in the preseason with them back there than I did a few months ago. You can also look at Kenny Robinson, who had a couple takeaways. It's also the preseason. He was a fifth-round draft pick in 2020. Back-to-back years, he didn't make the initial 53, but then was re-signed to the practice squad. He can come in, add some depth, and you've seen what he's done, at least in the preseason. I actually like what they have back there, the safety depth with the younger developmental guys over the last year, although they're going to have to upgrade at some point in time. If It's not going to be one of those guys. Uh, to play next to Jeremy Chin past this season. So thanks for the question there, Travis. Steven says, Julian, Friday mailbag question for you. I'm looking forward to seeing what Coach Rule can do here in Carolina, but looking at the roster, I can't help but be a little apprehensive about the number of Temple and Baylor players on the team. If Rule wasn't a NFL head coach, would Sean Chandler, Sam Franklin, Brabion Roy, Colin Thompson, and P.J. Walker be on NFL teams? Seems like loyalty means more than talent sometimes with rules. Seems like every second stream player on this roster has some ties to coaching staff here in Carolina. Maybe I'm wrong and time will tell. Thanks. Well, uh, PJ Walker, from what he did in the XFL, was going to make an NFL team regardless. He decided to sign with the Carolina Panthers because of his relationship with Matt Rule. And just understand, like, this is a relationship business. There's a You look at what Ron Rivera, he brought in guys who were on the roster, like Brenton Burson. I don't know if necessarily is a Rivera guy, but Brenton Burson would not have been on any other NFL roster if he didn't mow Jerry Richardson lawn, basically. So it's a relationship business and not like any not different than any other business in America. You let you work with the guys that you know. Bravion Roy, maybe he'd be on a roster. Sean Chandler, Sam Franklin, maybe Colin Thompson. I I, I don't know. I will say though. When it comes to a, a new head coach, especially a guy who's a first-time NFL head coach coming from college, and you saw Urban Meyer, what he did. like He brought in Tim Tebow, and Tebow was never going to make the roster, but he brought in Tim Tebow because he was familiar with him. He knew what kind of guy he was getting. And a lot of people do that where they bring in the guys they're familiar with, whether they're going to actually be key, key contributors or not, because it helps them establish their culture. They know what they're going to get from that player every single day. So that's why the Sean Chandlers, the Sam Franklins, the Bravion Roys, the Colin Thompson, the PJ Walkers, the um, the number 52 from last year, to hear Whitehead. That's why those guys were on the Panthers roster because of the familiarity the coaching staff had with them. It would not be any different if the Panthers would have hired an, another NFL head coach and that guy would have brought in his own guys. That's just kind of how things work out. So I don't think you should get all that concerned about it right now. It's still year two of a rebuild for this organization, it's not like the expectation is Super Bowl or bust or really playoffs this season, even though I know a lot of people think that this team could make a playoff push or could be in the playoffs. I, I'm not necessarily one of them, even though I think they're going to be markedly improved across the board here in 2021. Just look at what they do in terms of the guys that they draft and how those guys develop. Because Sean Chandler and Sam Franklin, Bravion, Roy Collins, Thompson, PJ Walker, they're not going to be in the roster probably four years from now. So just understand that and focus more on just the guys that are being drafted and brought in here by Scott Fitter and Matt Rule in terms of the draft, more so than the guys that they brought in as free agents and signed to help establish the culture in the first two seasons of Matt Rule being the head coach here in Carolina. Final question this week. Tanner asks me, what's your win projection for the Panthers? I've been uh, been a coward when it comes to this throughout the offseason. I've been a 
yeah, I can see this team going anywhere between seven and 10, nine and eight. And that's still my firm belief. I have yet to firmly say what I believe the team's record will be. At times, I think it's seven and 10. And I don't like that because I think they're better than that. And at times, I think it's eight and nine. And I don't really like that because I want next year to be a season where they get, I think they're going to be a team that gets a, a winning record where I want next year to be the first time in Panthers history where they have back-to-back winning seasons. But I can't make a decision to based off of what I want to happen. It's more of what I believe will happen and kind of being analytical about it and actually evaluating the roster. And then, you know, I could see them being nine and eight. I don't really see 10 and seven. Could happen. I mean, really anything's possible. Kevin Garnett told you all that. But I'm going to be a coward again and not answer your question because next week I will give my definitive answer on what my win projection for the Carolina Panthers is. But right now I'm going to continue to say somewhere between 7-10 and 9-8. and eight, Even though I don't really see 7-10 and 10 happening, I think they're better than that. But we will uh, we'll see. I'll let you know next week what I think my, uh, my official win projection for the Panthers will be. Last year was 5-11. and 11, Nailed that one this year. We'll see if I get it wrong. Of course, I didn't want to be right about 5-11 and 11 last year. Um, and I hopefully I'm, if I pick a losing record, I hope I'm wrong. Or I mean, if I pick the winning record, hopefully I'm right there. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what any of us think. It just matters what those guys do on the field. And we'll find out eventually what the Panthers turn out to be in 2021. Not the greatest endorsement for listening to me and listening to the show. But, you know, I got to be a little humble and self-deprecating at times. All right. That wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday, like today, I want your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag. So you can either DM me or tweet at me with those. Also, make sure to follow me as well for all the Panther updates and just my general thoughts, whatever pops in my head. I feel like tweeting out. So go ahead and do that. You, you know Twitter. You know social media. You, you get how it works. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Again, Monday. Enjoy your Labor Day and your holiday weekend. But Monday, going to have a conversation with Joe Person of The Athletic, just looking at the roster cutdowns, what the roster looks like, and Sam Darnold as we head into finally game week, week one, against his former team, the New York Jets. So make sure to check that out as you're lounging around the beach or pool or whatever the hell you're doing on Monday. Just make sure you go ahead and listen to that show. So that's what's got coming up on Monday. And of course, game week. Cannot wait to finally talk about the game coming up against the New York Jets next week here on Locked on Panthers. I love y'all. Appreciate the support. I will talk to you on Monday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 